Hi, everyone. Welcome to our Meet the Masters program on the Wedding Podcast Network. I'm your host, Robert Allen, and joining me today is Nicola Depan. Hello. Did I say that right? That's correct. And your company is Tentacion Potel and Chabot. That's but correct. I like how you say it. Why don't you say it? Tentacion Potel and Chabot. Yes. Isn't that how I said it? <laughs> exactly. Think, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Now, your, your company uh, is a boutique off-premise caterer. That's how you like to be known. It's exactly what it is in New York, yes. Good. Well, I, you know, we've got lots of things to talk about and lots of things to share with our, our listeners. But as, as everyone knows when we do a Meet the Masters, I'd like to get a little bit about uh, who you are and, and what brings you to this moment as one of our masters. So why don't you give us a, a kind of a, a look into your past and, and what brought you here to where you are today? Well, uh, originally I'm uh, from Switzerland and did a hotel school in, in Switzerland. Uh, came to the States in 1986. My background is mainly hotel, started in food and beverage, uh, up to managing a hotel in New York City, and moved into off-premise catering three years ago. Um, this is all about service. Um, take it to the next level. I call it out-of-the-box concept from the industry, was usually very rigid of corporate, um, you know, America. And, you know, it, it's interesting. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about that, you know, what, what you do as an off-premise caterer is, is very different than if you were to, to go into a hotel and, and want to have a, a wedding. You know, you, you know, you kind of, you know, talked about it in the sense that it's, it's, you're building experiences for your clients that, you know, because you don't have a predetermined structure in which you need to work, that you can shape a wedding into any experience that your client wants. And I know, uh, as we were talking in your history, you've created some some really lavish, wonderful weddings all over the globe um, that we'll talk about a little bit later on. But let's talk about our everyday bride and groom, not a sultan somewhere or a movie star or anything like that. And I want you to help our couples, our listeners, in the process. So a couple decides that they don't want a conventional wedding in a hotel anywhere, that they've got this idea that they want to create this experience, and you use the word experience, um, for their wedding. And, and, and they come and see you. How do you start the process of, of talking about with them some, some ideas? Where does, it, where does it all start? Well, I think, you know, when uh, a bride and a groom have decided to come to see us, um, they already have in mind, they have a reason why they come and see us. And I think usually is because they want a special experience and usually turn around the food aspect of it and the creation, creation of the experience they're looking for. What happens is that usually they come what I call a meet and greets. Um, we just meet, you know, have a few orders and um, a glass of champagne or Prosecco just to meet with them and understand who they are, who we are, so we can really get a good feel from the beginning on. This is about, you know, relation with uh, clients. It's all about uh, personality and understand that and also listen to what they're looking for to do as an experience for the wedding. So as you talk to couples, that will generate some ideas for you, just for like from the things that they say in, in, in helping you, you know, get some kind of direction. Well, certainly, I mean, we get a 
a very good feeling about, you know, you might have the bride who's looking for one direction and the groom in a different uh, direction. And sometimes we have the mother of the bride is another direction. So our role is to listen and advise in, in, in the direction where we see them going. Um, we start talking about a little aspect about kind of food they like, the favorite restaurants, or also the groom. We like to get them involved in wine if they're interested. So ask them about the favorite wine or, you know, if they travel, what they like about traveling. So we get feedback, partly if we're going to go with a very interesting menu and interesting direction. So it's a fact-finding about, you know, the couple. Now, how does a couple's ethnic background come into play? You know, if a couple, in, in, in today's day and age, there are, are many marriages that, that take place between a man and a woman from totally different cultures. Uh, does that pose a challenge? Well, it doesn't you? pose a challenge. I think, it, I think it's, uh, to give you an example, I mean, we had somebody requested, um, we went and see an, in, their, in their apartment and discussed the wedding, and it was someone from California, and uh, but live in California as the bride, and grew up in um, in Connecticut, and the groom was from Egypt, but from a very affluent background, and they spoke French very well traveled. So through this, you understood it was not a cookie-cutter wedding, and we knew all right away there were interesting different kind of food with a background from uh, um, Asian meats, you know, California, but with some French because of the background of the groom who live in Canada, but spoke French. So you have all this intricate part, and our role is to look at those backgrounds through food, through wines through, you know, um, ethnic background and do some research and see what we can apply that. Now, what are some of the trends that you're seeing in food? Is it, is it um, more lavish sit-down meals? Is it, is it um, you know, I, I read a lot about, you know, small servings of some very high-quality food. What, what are some of the directions that, well, that you're doing? Well, first and for, foremost, all our clients, the trend is to look at different kind of ethnic background. For instance, you might have the restaurant in a different type of cuisine. For instance, we did a wedding where they started with something very British and then it went into an evening sit-down dinner with a lounge concept but with more can feel. So um, different kind of foods is brought back. Um, what also is very interesting uh, is the new trend. As you say, it's the dancing come at the end of the evening, like more European wedding where people spend the time reception, dinner. And through that, they like to have maybe three or four course uh, dinner. But also what we see also is smaller reception and small weddings where they want more kind of a lounge feel where you have a lot of tasting portion, which we call um, cocktail dinatoire, which is entree portion serve as on smaller plates. So you might have four or five stations and there's a lot of animation done around that. So you might have somebody cooking scallops and those, or you might have a fragrant station and something like different. So I think the trend also is about animation having chef you know, flambe things, not in a traditional way, but in a smaller station and with a lot of intrigue or, I mean, it's all about the experience there. Well, you know, it's interesting how you bring up the, the idea of of having a wedding experience, and, and this certainly has become the trend here that I, I've seen at weddings, where dinner is eaten, you know, as dinner, as if you were in a restaurant, mm -hmm. uh, and then the dancing does come at the end of the evening. And, and, and I guess one of the things that I really didn't think about 
in, in a wedding that's structured that way is that it does allow you to take it to the next level in cuisine where you could do things in, in a formatted wedding that way that you couldn't if everyone were getting up in between courses to dance. Um, what I think is also doing an event like this is um, the speech process is not anymore in between courses. The whole dinner is uh, an experience, like as you said, in a restaurant, and you can be more intricate, and you can also match with the wine and things like that. And I think that's what people after the reception, a long day, everyone come to that dinner. And basically, you know, as in a wedding, you're different age groups. So I think the people are older really appreciate the dinner part. And then if they might want to leave and let the younger people dance, because basically what happened, then the dance become more than a dance, more like a club. And then what's happening is right. that around midnight, one o'clock, like in Europe, or longer weddings, they have a little snack at that time. So it's a different kind of, it's different parties within one party. And are you seeing that the, the guests at these types of weddings are enjoying themselves more? Is it, are you finding that it's, it's accepted? Because, you know, especially, you know, here in the New York area, you know, for a long time, that's, you know, it would, people would have looked like, you know, you're crazy. What do you mean we're not going to get up and dance after salad? You know, it, it just, it doesn't seem, and, and I have to tell you, you know, myself too, I was like, well, I'm not sure if I like this format. And now it's really kind of one of my favorite weddings to do. I think we're fortunate enough that we have a lot of clients come to us are very well-traveled. And um, they're not looking for the blase concept of a wedding. They're looking for different things to be trendsetters. Um, that's why they hire us, to find the new ideas, um, see what people are doing. Um, a lot of times, you know, they want to have the best wedding, and they have a lot of friends, and they want to impress them. Uh, let's remember that. That's very important in weddings, to impress the partners, the friends, you know, the people coming to, to those events. Um, but also, they have to reconnect with the family and, then if, and the age groups. So I think those elements where you can do the dinner and the, and the reception dinner and then go into music and entertainment, it's really help, you know, pleasing everyone who comes to a wedding. I mean, a lot of people don't like to go through a whole event and they have to wait till the end. And, you know, all the person, you know, said, I'm going to the wedding because I want to dinner, I want to see them. But I don't want to be for the dancing part. And, and I think that's accomplished a lot of things for the groom and bride. Now, in talking about how you're, you're doing a lot of the small plates and the small dishes, does it necessarily need to be a seated wedding in order to accomplish that? Can it be done in a, in a cocktail type of setting and, and, and having a little bit more exotic foods and, and more dinner type foods, but in a, in a, in a past butler past situation? Well, I think, you know, um, I think people still like the whole dinner concept, but we have worked on different things where you know, some people wanted a family style kind of sit down dinner. Mm-hmm. People wanted more uh, a tasting menu, so you go from four to five or six, you know, or one a typical one, two courses, main course, salad, the European way, then dessert or cheese. Um, this is all different than what the people want. I think the people want the experience of the food. They want to enjoy the food in function of the background. If it is family style, we can great do some fabulous things. Um, you know, not only we, we cook, but we do different kind of, you know, cuisine. Uh, after also finding out about the background and the style of food they're looking for, we also s- research food. We might bring back an old items we haven't been served like in 200th century, and we bring our own twist. I mean, we had weddings where we were asked to do something Puerto Rican and Cuban. Mm. So when we research traditional, but we're not going to create it traditional, we're going to bring a little twist up to date. And it's what we're known for. Also, we work with celebrity chefs 
who basically designed the menu for clients and we transformed their restaurant cuisine into an off-premise. And that's what we're seeing with, you know, high-end wedding is that people want maybe go the cuisine of their favorite restaurant, but the restaurant doesn't know how to do off-premise. So we're able to tie in and partner with some kind of people like that. Now, when a couple is, is designing their, their menu for their wedding, um, and as a, as a caterer, and especially in an off-premise situation, you know, if you're in a hotel, you know, that you have more at your disposal, how do you handle situations with special needs, some guests that have special food requirements? Are these things that a couple should, should talk to you about ahead of time? Um, well, you know, obviously think, when possible, but there may be someone at the wedding that suddenly springs upon you that they have to eat well, a certain Well, I way. think it's a very valid question, but I think when through a process of planning, all these questions have been asked, um, because they are very important for us. Probably when we do ethnic background, uh, you, you have a lot of needs. You might have kosher, semi-kosher, glad, or you might have vegetarian, non-gluten. All these kind of things, we ask the questions, you know, for instance, some people know that it's no nuts, so, or you have a lot of people allergic to nuts, so we don't, we don't do them. Was not. So a lot of those questions are part of the beginning of the process. Obviously, in the day of the event, you might have someone, I want a vegetarian, so I want something else. So what we do, obviously, from what the menu, when we left our kitchen, it's very little we can do, but we can always put things together last minute from what we have as ingredient. And that's our role to try to meet those challenges last minute. And that's why we love the most, those last-minute challenges. At the end of the day, we want to satisfy every guest. Right. Right, whether you're out in the middle of a field on a farm somewhere or, oh, or yes. you're in you know, yes. someplace where you have a full chef's kitchen. And sometime we're in events and we take a truck and we just go to the grocery store and you know, and, and we go and buy something. You do what you need to do. And that all happens in the background. And, and, and Aunt yes. Mary and Uncle Jean get whatever they need in Exactly, front of exactly. And at the end of the day is that the groom and bride should be very happy and, right. and that's the, the event is flawless. For and, and I think that's one of the things couples need to look for when they're choosing uh, you know, someone like you know, yourself, that is such a critical component of the wedding, of, of a successful wedding versus a not-so-successful wedding. Um, but it all comes down to comfort level. You know, you have to instill in your client that, that sense that whatever is going to be necessary to make this successful, you're going to be able to do. And, and uh, I think that's something that, you know, our listeners really need to take to heart, that if, if you don't feel totally comfortable with someone, then... You have to kind of trust your your intuition that you know you need to be with someone who can still can instill in you that sense of of comfort and that trust that yes we can do it well, we can do it all. Well, I think the four most important things when you talk about any events, private to corporate and everything like that. I think what is very important is I believe in passion, passion of what you do. If you're able to portray that to a bride and groom, um, that's what you're going to sell them and make them feel very comfortable. And also, it's based on the relationship and feel of the personality. So, for instance, for us, we don't have specialists that just do weddings. We have all of those persons do weddings, but by the fact that I ally them with the right bride and groom because everyone has different personality. Mm. And that's what we need to do. We need to be flexible. We need to understand the customers. Now, talk to us a little bit about some of the challenges that a couple should be prepared for in an off-premise wedding. Um, what are some of the things that they need to know up front that are going to be very different than if they were in a hotel? I think when you work in off-premise, you know, it starts from the big, at the beginning when we talk about where you're going to do your wedding. It could be, let's say, New York, a location in New York City. It could be somewhere in Hampton, Westchester. It can be in a venue. It can be in your backyard. It could be the tent. 
Um, you might have people say, we can use the house, but we had to advise them you have to think about what if it rains. We always have to do the what if. Think of the worst case scenario and plan for it because you can't put a tent last minute. So um, there's a lot of things we need to do when you talk about tenting. Do you want a floor, no floor? We have to look at what is necessary for you to do your right events. Um, we advise you on all different kind of things from lighting to flowers. This is the most important we have to do how much traveling we need to do. Because when, let's say, we're in a city and we do a wedding in the Hamptons, let's say you're in the middle of one weekend or the super weekend, I might have to take four more hours to take my truck from New York City with the food right. to there. So all the things we know, a lot of things we need to advise them that don't have to know all the intricate part of what we do. This is the master of what we do. We do event away from the city, and we have the expertise of logistic. A lot of those events of permits, it's all about logistic and a lot of questions have to be asked from the beginning on about, you know, about the house, about the backyard. But we do, we most probably going to do one or two or three sites of the place where the building is. Right. One of them on our own, one of them with them. We're going to do walkthroughs, uh, last minute, of course, we'll do our last day staying here in our offices. But also, we might do a walkthrough of the space if things have changed with the florist, you know, with, the, you know, if it's a very intricate wedding, we do all this. We're going to be there a day before, making sure that everything arrives and that's no stress last minute, because right. we all know that things change on the day off. So right. we have to make sure we all set up. And, 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 and I think what's also important to, to take into account is that when you're choosing a caterer, you know, you need to choose, you know, someone, you know, like yourself who obviously has done this and understands the challenges. You know, if you're going uh, to do something off-premise, you, you need to work with people who have done off-premise and not, you know, are, are tied to a specific location because there are things that I know as a videographer and being at weddings that you know, are happening that you would never think of, whether it be extra power requirements that need to be run uh, or, you know, arranging for the right amount of buses to get the wait staff. But the only you know, things you need that. to remember, I mean, this is as simple as this. When the truck live, our offices, is nothing else you can do. Right. So it's all about expertise and planning. So we know to ask all the right questions. And a wedding like this take planning uh, and a lot of discussion. But let's remember no truck of the track leave we might have forgotten something you have to deal it on, on spot that's right that's right um now i i know that that you do some really amazing weddings in lots of fabulous locations around the world share one or two uh wedding stories with with our listeners well, i mean before saying that i think you know yes we're in new york city but we have offices in paris moscow and st petersburg uh, and they're much bigger offices uh and they have been doing this business for 200 years so they have further expertise than we have. Um, obviously, they have done some very exciting, you know, uh, weddings um, for very affluent people. We have done some extra, very large wedding in the Middle East for some, you know, royalty. We have done uh, weddings in Paris and Versailles for very affluent uh, corporate, um, you know, uh, people as well. And we have done a wedding, you know. Um, in Chateau Ikem for somebody very affluent in the fashion industry. Obviously, I can't give you the names, but they are those exciting, you know, uh, exp experience we have. People have been working with us for quite a long time. In the corporate side, they're giving us their, their kids, uh, you know, children's weddings. That's great. Um, now, if you, you know, and you're able to through, through this show, uh, if you want to share one bit of advice with a couple who's just starting out to plan their wedding, you know, you've seen lots of couples do this. What advice can you give a couple who's just 
who's just starting out in, in thinking about having an off-premise wedding? I think the most important thing is that they need to find the right caterer who matches their needs. And I think it's very much it's going to come down to personality. And it's a lot of interview of the caterers and see how they interact with them at the beginning. Because I do believe if you give your time at the beginning talking to bride and grooms, they're going to expect, if they're taking take care of me this way now, they will take care of me at the wedding. So I think is to we take the time to interview a few caterers and see how they react at the beginning of the process because that would tell them how they would be taking care, taking care of through the whole process, that special journey to them. Great. Well, really fabulous advice. Now, one last thing. Um, how much time should a, a couple uh, have when planning an, an, on-premise, yeah, an off-premise wedding? You know, what, what kind of buffer time are you comfortable working with in planning a wedding? But I think it's a different way. Some people get very much involved in the, in the wedding process. Um, they need to remember we are professional and they're here to help them out and let us help them through the process. Uh, yes, they need to be involved, but they don't need to be over-involved. Uh, we are here. We're here to provide them with the, the question to help them out, the answers, give them advice. A lot of people choose to work with the wedding planner to facilitate the process. We also work sometimes directly with the client and we act as a wedding planner. Um, you know, I think, you know, at the beginning you might meet maybe once a month and afterward closer to the wedding, it's phone call every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the nature of the business. Or and, a couple you know, of times a day. Yeah, a couple of <laughs> times a day. But, you know, one question here, one question there. And these days, emails, people go crazy with email. And, and that's the way it is. I think we're selling an experience and we're here to help them through the process. We have been approached to large wedding four months out or eight months out or 12 months out. Yeah, so, well, that's, that's good. So a couple really shouldn't get discouraged if they're on a tight uh, time frame. Um, but it's where people come to, to off, do it. off-premise catering. Right. Because they you, don't, don't have a location. you don't need a location. <laughs> so we will have people say, we have sent an invitation, but we don't have a caterer. Right. Can you help us out? And yeah. it's happened quite a lot. That's true. And that's something for our couples, our listeners to think about is that if you, know, if you are working on a shorter time frame, that, that you can uh, create your own location if there are none left. Uh, and just uh, and find the right caterer to help you uh, to help you do that. But really fabulous uh, advice. Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to share uh, your expertise with our listeners. And if anyone has any questions, you can write to us at feedback at the wpn dot com, and uh, you can also call our listener line, which is one eight hundred eight eight two. One two five nine, and you can leave your feedback there. Uh, we will have links to your website uh, on our show notes, so that uh, if you. people want to to check out uh, all that you do, um, then they can they can go to your website. Just go to weddingpodcastnetwork.com, and we will have those links there. Nicola, thank you so much for Most taking welcome. the time uh, uh, to speak with our listeners. And I'm Robert Allen. You've been listening to Meet the Masters only on the Wedding Podcast Network. And we'll see you next time.